You're listening to Clyde's favorite old-time radio, a podcast of the various genres of old-time radio, science fiction, comedy, mystery, horror, and historical broadcasts. Hello, this is Clyde J.K.L. with a brief reminder. Mystery Play Internet Radio is listener-supported, so I encourage your monetary support with a donation today. Please visit www.mpir-otr.com and click on the donations page. A one-time donation of any amount will be greatly appreciated. Again, that's www.mpir-otr.com. And thank you for listening to Mystery Play Internet Radio. Some men never die. Though they pass from this life, they are condemned never to rest, but to stalk over the earth, lonely and friendless, until the end of time. Time is the judge, history the jury of these mysterious men whose stories have no ending. And you seated there beside your radio, you sitting in judgment on this mystery, you are the 13th juror. Starring the distinguished actor Vincent Price, this is the first in a series of unsolved mysteries, written and directed by Arnold Marquis, creator of NBC's prize-winning programs, Unlimited Horizons, The Pacific Story, and The Fifth Horseman. This is the mystery of the man who shot Abraham Lincoln. We bring you the facts in the case, and we ask you, the 13th juror, what happened to John Wilkes Booth? This is Vincent Price. On the night of April 14, 1865, John Wilkes Booth stepped into the president's box in Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Shot Abraham Lincoln, jumped to the stage and shouted, Rushed out of the back door and galloped away. This much we know. But what happened after this to John Wilkes Booth is shrouded in mystery. Twelve days later, after one of the greatest manhunts of all time, the War Department announced that John Wilkes Booth, the assassin of the President of the United States, was dead. Killed by federal troops near Port Royal, Virginia. The body was brought back to Washington, secretly. Easy now, Joe. Easy. Lower away. 
At midnight, by the light of flickering candles, the body of the man killed near Port Royal was lowered into a grave beneath a warehouse floor. Easy. Easy now. That's it. All right. Fill it in. When they had finished, they sealed that grave with concrete, level with the warehouse floor. And there, officially, ended the story of John Wilkes Booth. But even before that secret midnight burial, many Americans swore the real John Wilkes Booth had escaped, that they had seen Booth far from Washington, D.C., alive. That wasn't Booth they killed. I saw Booth myself two days after he was... They killed another man to stop the nationwide clamoring for Booth's blood. That's what they did. The United States Secret Service brought back the corpse of an innocent man to collect that $50,000 reward. I heard he was seen outward bound for South America, and if you ask me, I think that... Was he dead, or did he escape? By now, the living ghost of John Wilkes Booth was stalking the earth. Six days after the assassination, John and Martha Murphy, farmers in Oak Harbor, Ohio, had a late caller. Somebody's at the door. Uh, this time of night? Yes. It's pretty late for... I'll go. Hmm. It's funny. Just about bedtime. Uh, good evening. Evening? Yes, I beg your indulgence. My name is Jonathan Baxter. I'm a traveler on my way to Toledo. I'd like a room for myself and shelter for my horse. Oh, we ain't got no... No, I cannot go on. I have an injured leg and my horse is dead tired. Well, all we got is a bed in the attic. Well, attic's no place. Oh, any place will do. And thank you for your kindness. I should be glad to pay whatever you ask. Oh, my leg pains me so. Oh. Well, come in. Come in if you don't mind sleeping in the attic. And John, take his horse out to the barn. Well... All right. All right. Now, right this way, Mr. Baxter. I cannot tell you how grateful I am. Jonathan Baxter, J.B., the same initials as John Booth. So far as Mr. and Mrs. Murphy of Oak Harbor, Ohio, were concerned... Jonathan Baxter slept the sleep of the just. They were up early, and so was he. And while John Murphy was out saddling the stranger's horse, Martha engaged him in conversation. Well, I guess you travelers see a good deal always on the go. There's quite a good deal, Mom. Uh, have you heard much about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln in these parts? Well, I guess we heard about it the same as everybody else did. Mr. Baxter... Your horse is ready. Oh, well, thank you. You are hospitable indeed. Mr. Baxter was just asking if we heard much about the murder of Mr. Lincoln. Yes, we did. That fellow Booth should be catched and strung up. Why do you say that, sir? Well, he killed Mr. Lincoln, didn't he? The man who killed Lincoln was a hero. Are you crazy? Crazy indeed. I shall be immortal. I, I am J. Wilkes Booth. You? 
Gee, Wilkes. Yes, I. <laughs> this injured leg of mine was broken in the jump from the presidential box to the stage. But I'll never be taken. Out of my way. But you. I'm on my way to Canada. They'll never take me. It's him. Oh, he looks exactly like his picture. Come ah! back here. Come back here. You'll never stop. Stop. Him. stop. I'm clear with boots. Come back here. Was that J. Wilkes Booth? Or was Booth sealed in that grave beneath the warehouse floor in Washington? By this time, J. Wilkes Booth was stalking the earth. Was he living or dead? Not so many years later, parishioners of the church in Richmond, Virginia, watched their minister and wondered... Every Sunday is more and more like that. Shh, people are looking at you. No two men could be so much alike. He came here right after the trouble up north. He looks just like that actor. He's tall and thin, and he had that broken leg when he first came Hush, here. now, please. If he is both, then we ought to know it. Well, he's a fine minister. His sermons are inspiring and, and polished. Too polished, if you ask me. Be quiet now. He's going to speak. There will be many, ye multitudes, of those who will ponder their ways here on earth and mourn their choice of companions. For there shall be no opportunity for repentance once the gate has been shut before them. Think ye well on the story of the foolish virgins and take it into your heart. For if you neglect the oil for thy lamps while it is available, you will find the supply has dwindled and gone before you have fed the wick of thine own torch. And so I say unto you, Know thyself, and keep thy lamp filled with oil, that ye may be numbered in the glorious company. Let us pray. That faker, sometimes I want to stand and shout, Tell us you're really John Wilkes Booth, you blackguard! Was this man John Wilkes Booth? The doubts never died, but this creature had so much charm, so much composure, that no one ever brought him to the challenge. By this time, John Wilkes Booth had become almost a legend. He was seen everywhere. Ten years after the assassination and the reported killing of Booth, a saloon keeper in Granbury, Texas, said something to a youth. You have heard how Abraham Lincoln was shot in Ford's Theater in Washington ten years ago? Why, yes, sir. We were told in school. Yeah. And were you told of what happened to the man who fired the shot? To John Booth? Well, he was shot in a barn. He was not shot, my boy. Well, they captured him in an old... I've wanted to clear my soul of this burden for many and many a year, my lad. I can prove to you, beyond any doubt, that what I have told you is true. That John Booth was not shot? Yes. For I am J. Wilkes Booth. Oh. 
this fantastic claim might have passed unnoticed. The lurid tale of an irresponsible drink-sodden character. But 25 years later, the boy, now grown to manhood, now a respected attorney in Memphis, Tennessee, journeyed to Enid, Oklahoma, to view the body of a human derelict who had committed suicide. Attorney Finnis L. Bates scrutinized the body. Yes, this is the body of the same man who told me 25 years ago that he was Booth. This is not the body of an ordinary vagrant. This is the body of John Wilkes Booth. Attorney Bates took the body back to Memphis, kept it there for many years, mummified, while he made an exhaustive investigation of the Booth mystery. Booth was not killed. I have his complete confession. And I know the name of the man who did die in that tobacco barn in Virginia on that confused and bloody day in 1865. If the man buried under the warehouse floor in Washington was not John Wilkes Booth, who was it? Immediately after the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, the nation seethed in the frantic search for the fugitive Booth. Troops of cavalry scoured the countryside, but the tall, thin assassin, dramatic in word and action, slipped through their lines. Some days later, two gaunt men, one of them tall and thin, with an injured leg, turned up at the ferry on the Rappahannock River, Port Royal, Virginia. Look. That Confederate soldier there is waiting for the ferry to take him and his team and wagon across the river. He, he looks suspicious to me. Well, stop clenching your hands like that. I wasn't clenching my hands. I ain't nervous. Ask him to give us a lift down the road. But I don't know what to say. Weakling, ask him. Well, all right. How'd he do? Uh, my name's Dave Boyd. I'm Captain Jet. Willie Jet. Glad to know you. Uh, this here's my, my brother, Mr. John Boyd. Mr. Boyd? How do you do, sir? My pleasure. Well, my brother here, he, he's wounded. Ball in the leg. My regret, sir. Yes, the end of a glorious, a majestic effort. There is not for us Confederates to do now but to go home, broken in body and spirit, as I am. Uh, Captain Jet, sir... Would you mind giving us a lift down the road, maybe? Well, perhaps I can manage. No, sir, I'm grateful for your charity. I'll try to clear a place on the wagon. Oh, here, I'll, I'll help you. Yeah. Oh, oh, there. Oh, there. Hey, I guess there's a place for you two now. Oh, thank you, sir. Here, oh. take my hand. Oh. Hang on, now. Ferry's come to take us across. As they crossed the river and rolled down the road, Captain Willie Jett eyed his two passengers. I'll be glad to get home. Yes. But the spirit of the true South isn't crushed. Oh, that's right. I didn't see as much action as I wished, but I'll be proud of my part. Every true Southerner should be proud of his part. Yes, a Southern gentleman's badge of honor is his uniform. But there were some heroes who did not wear the uniform. Well, I suppose. Some of us were heroes in another sense. How do you mean? 
I am the assassinator of the president. I'm afraid I, I don't understand you, sir. I killed President Lincoln. You? Don't pay no attention to him, Captain. Well, he's all Silence, and... fool. I am Jay Wilkes Booth. Hey, it's impossible. Uh, look at my leg. Broken in the oh. jump from the president's oh. box to the stage. It's broken. Not shot. He don't know what he's saying. He Great don't know what he's... Great deeds are not done on the battlefields alone. You, Jay Wilkes Booth. Yes. Did you ever see me on oh. the stage? <laughs> I am the Brutus who has saved this nation. And yet the newspapers call me cutthroat and hireling thug. I... Jay Wilkes Booth. <laughs> but it was I, I, who forever ended tyranny in this nation. Captain Willie Jett was struck with fear. Four miles down the road from Port Royal, he palmed off the two suspicious characters to a farmer named Jack Garrett. Yeah, I guess we got a bed for you upstairs. Well, I should be grateful, sir. Uh, Captain Jett, give us a lift, because we... We was with A.P. Hill's corps. Hmm. You two see anything of that play actor John Booth on the road? No. Uh, no, no. We, we ain't seen nothing of him. No. Have you? They're offering $50,000 reward for him. Dead or alive. That is a great deal of money. Wished he'd come this way so I could catch him and get the reward. If he were to come this way, would you inform against him? I could sure use the money. Yes, but you would... What's that? Cavalry? Oh. Yeah, there's a troop of Yankees coming down the road. Yankee Soldiers? Yeah, Yankees. We have to hide the food, lock the barn. Uh, perhaps I'd better hide, too. Oh, you're not in danger, sir. Well, it's best that we hide. Come, cousin, give me a hand. Where are you going, Mr. Boyd? I'm wounded. I fear them. Well, they won't touch you. They might steal provisions. Look! Well, look, a whole troop of Yankees riding by. Yeah, it must be important for that many cavalrymen to be down here. Oh! Oh! Shall we search this farmhouse, Lieutenant? No, it looks all right. Hold it! Hold I wonder what they're looking for. Maybe they're after you, Mr. Boyd, and your cousin. <laughs> uh, for us? What? what would they want us for? What are you hiding? My good fellow, we have nothing to hide. Are you telling the truth, Mr. Boyd? <laughs> the gospel truth, sir. Mr. Boyd, you better clear on out of here. Clear up, Mr. Garrett, your father assured me that he was glad to help a former Confederate soldier, especially being wounded. I don't trust you. I don't understand, sir. The way you wanted to sneak off and those soldiers came. Oh, that. Well, get that... your belongings and get. We don't want you on our place. My good fellow, I'm a wounded man. We don't want you around here, either of you. But we can't go on tonight. My leg. Can't we sleep under the porch? No. Dogs are tear to pieces. I must plead with you, Mr. Garrett. I cannot go tonight. Can't we sleep anywhere? In the barn, perhaps? Near our horses? No. No, you'll have to get out. My friend, suspect us of anything you must, but I pray you don't put us out tonight. Please let us sleep in the barn. Please, sir. Well, you can sleep in the tobacco barn, on the hay. But I'm going to sleep in the corn crib. No horses going to be stolen from here in the night. The stage was set for a dramatic scene the world would never forget. As evening fell, the two strangers made their bed in the hay in the tobacco barn. The tall, thin one with the dramatic voice lay himself down with a grand manner. Nearby in the corn crib lay Jack Garrett, pondering over the name John Boyd, and the initials J.B., and their possible relationship to John Booth. And up the road at the Goldman Tavern, tossing and turning in his sleep, 
was the Confederate officer who had given the two strangers a lift from the ferry at the Rappahannock, Captain Willie Jett. <laughs> who? who is it? Break in the door! <laughs> Wake up, Captain Jett, wake up. Who are you? What do you want? I'm Lieutenant Doherty, in charge of the search for Booth. Wake up, I say, wake up. Oh, oh, what's that against my ribs? A pistol. We want information and we want it fast. Where's Booth? Who? Booth, John Wilkes Booth. Uh, I don't know. Sergeant, put that rope around his neck. Yes, yeah, so we'll take... Ah, 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 ah. Pull right there. Where's Booth? I don't know where he is, Ollie. We have information that you gave John Wilkes Booth and Davy Herald a ride in your wagon. Now, where is he? Then it was Booth. It was Booth. He, he said he was an assassinator of the president, but I had Where is he? I, I, I dropped him off at a farmhouse. A, a farmhouse about four miles down the road to Bowling Green. Get up. You're taking us there. Hot on the trail, the Federal Cavalry Troop galloped down the lonely road through the dark of night. Captain Willie Jett leading the way, the Yankee lieutenant and his sergeant riding full tilt beside him. With pistols drawn and sabers flashing in the moonlight, they drew up to a halt on the Garrett farm. Surround the house and bar. Come with me, Captain Jett. Yes, sir. Open up. Open up. Sergeant, bring that rope. Yes, sir. It's two o'clock in the morning, sir. Maybe... Open up, or we'll break in the door. Searching party. Where's Booth? Booth? Yes, John Wilkes Booth. Where is he? Oh, I, I don't understand. We're looking for John Wilkes Booth. Captain Jett, tell this man what you told me. I'll put J. Wilkes Booth off here. Now, where is he? Oh, it's Boyd and his cousin. They told me they were brothers. They're down on the tobacco barn. Where is that barn? Yeah, right down this way. Yeah, they're, they're in there. Get in there and tell them to surrender. But I... Uh... Get in there. All right, only... Gentlemen, place is surrounded by Yankee troops. They want you to come out and give yourselves up. Get out of here, you blasphemous fool. Oh, that I should have trusted such a treacherous villain. Yeah, he won't come out. He's waving a pistol in the carbine. I'll talk to him. Now, quiet, everybody. John Wilkes Booth, I've come in the name of the federal government to arrest you for the murder of President Lincoln. Come out and give yourself up. I am being persecuted as a Christian. Oh, we're caught. Oh, we've got to give up. We've got to... Silence, you idiot. Come out. I demand your surrender in the name of the federal government. I'm going to go. I'm going out there to give myself Stop up. Fool, oh, we're trapped. I can see them out there. They'll shoot. I'm going. I'm going. Baby. Jamie! Look, Lieutenant, he's coming out smirking and fawning like he was silly. Sergeant, find this man and put a guard over him. Yes, sir. Now, Booth, Davy Harold has given himself up. Come out while there's still time. Oh, in the democracy of the dead, all men at last are equal. I am a poor, wounded Confederate soldier. Come out, Booth, or we'll come in and take you. Oh, oh I'll show you my courage. I will come out and fight all of you on the crutch. Oh, my poor, poor leg. We'll smoke him out. Sergeant Corbett. Yes, sir. My orders are that no one is to shoot. We must take this man alive. 
Understand? Yes, sir, but, but he might try to fight his way out. He has a couple of guns. My orders are no one is to shoot. Yes, sir. Go around to the rear of the barn. Reach in through one of the cracks and set fire to the hay on the floor. We'll smoke him up. Yes, sir. A wisp of smoke billowed into a cloud, and suddenly the barn was ablaze, a flaming holocaust in the dark of night. The troopers held their positions, the grim expressions etched in their faces by the firelight. Watch him, men. Don't let him escape. But take him alive. Inside the barn, the trapped man struck at the flames, struck out like a wild man. The flames leapt up around him. Hold your positions, men. Suddenly, in the back of the barn, somebody fired. Somebody fired a gun. Look, is down. He shot. Somebody shot. Who fired that gun? Quick, quick, rush in and drag him out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. uh, Give me some help. Come on. Here, here. Carry him over to the porch. Look, bullet hit him in the head. Did he shoot himself? No, that that sergeant shot him. Sergeant Corbett, why did you fire against orders? God Almighty directed me. Was this the end of John Wilkes Booth? Was it John Wilkes Booth who stopped that night at the Murphy Farmhouse near Oak Harbor, Ohio? Was that minister in Richmond, Virginia, John Wilkes Booth? Was that saloon keeper in Granbury, Texas, who killed himself in Enid, Oklahoma, John Wilkes Booth? Thousands of fragments of evidence testify that John Wilkes Booth escaped, and thousands of denials have been made that this could have been possible. What then happened to the man who killed Abraham Lincoln? Time is the judge, history the jury, and you are the 13th juror. The decision rests with you. just heard Vincent Price in The Thirteenth Juror, an NBC Hollywood Radio City production written and directed by Arnold Marquis. Join us again at this same time in the weeks to come and hear the unsolved mysteries of Niccolo Paganini, the lost Dauphin, Marshal Ney, Judge Crater, Ambrose Bierce, Hitler, and many others on The Thirteenth Juror.
The music was composed and conducted by Henry Russell. John Storm speaking. This program came from Hollywood. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.